Once again, before we begin the broadcast today, I want to encourage all of our viewers and listeners to consider donating to the New Zealand Disaster Fund. Please visit www.redcross.org.nz today and help those in need. Thank you. Hey everybody, my name is Dwayne Burkhardt and you are either watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast service of your choice to Season 2, Episode 3 of The Rugby Report. And I'd like to start off by saying a very special hello to all of our new listeners over in the UK who tuned in for the first time this past week. Welcome to the show! It was, of course, a spectacular week for our favorite sport, so let's get right to it. We'll start, as we always do, down under with the Super Rugby Pacific League, which held its annual Super Round this weekend in Amy Park, or again, as I call it, Seagull Stadium, located in the beautiful city of Melbourne. The first game featured the defending champion Crusaders facing off against their South Island rivals, the Highlanders. The Crusaders, as we know, were coming off a stunning loss last week to the Chiefs, where the Highlanders were still recovering from a frankly abusive loss at the hands of the Auckland Blues. Unfortunately for the Highlanders, this week wasn't much better. The once again Aaron Smithless Highlanders were simply unable to do anything to stop the Crusaders' offense, led by superstars like Richie Moonga, Scott Barrett, Sevu Reese. You know what? Basically the entire team. But I would like to call out Fergus Burke in particular for also having a great game. Burke, as longtime fans of this podcast know, was quite literally the very first player I ever called out and highlighted on my podcast. So it's always fun when he has a good game. The Highlanders, despite not being able to do anything to stop the Crusaders, didn't play badly. I thought Sam Gilbert's play was very promising, and Falau Fakatava is still, I think, well on his way to being the next star scrum half of the franchise. But the fact is that, aside from two late tries, there just wasn't much to celebrate in this game, and the Crusaders rolled to victory. Full-time score, Crusaders 52, Highlanders 15. Are the Highlanders already done for the season at 0-2? No, they're not. Yes, they've gotten pretty badly spanked in their first two outings, but they lost those games without Aaron Smith and playing against the two teams that both played in last year's championship game. The Highlanders have work to do, but they're far from dead yet. Game 2 featured the hometown Melbourne Rebels facing off against the Wellington Hurricanes in a game that was a lot more exciting and interesting than I thought it was going to be. And if I thought there was bad blood between the Rebels and the Force last week, that was nothing compared to the amount of extracurricular activities that we saw in this game. And I'm talking about a lot more than just merely checking the quality of the stitching on your opponent's uniform. As they did last week, the Rebels took an early lead. But as they too did last week, the Hurricanes followed with a blustery barrage of points and took a big lead. But back came the Rebels on the strength of two late, quick, and impressive tries by Richard Hardwick, and suddenly, with just minutes to play, it was a one-point game. But then, Jordy Barrett. Folks, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And the Rebels couldn't. 
With barely two minutes to play, Barrett scored a try, and the Canes hung on for the win. Full-time score, Rebels 33, Hurricanes 39. Saturday's action began with Moana Pacifica facing off against the Chiefs in a game where it felt like the field was responsible for as many tackles as the players. The game also featured the fastest try in rugby history as the Chiefs stole the opening kickoff and ran it in in nine seconds. The try breaks the previous record of just 12 seconds, which had been held for many years by my Highlanders, but no more. The Chiefs kept their foot on the gas, stealing the opening kick, and then another one, and nearly a third, in the first 15 minutes. They were incredibly aggressive and, frankly, fun to watch on offense. In fact, I haven't had that much fun watching an offense play since Bay of Plenty played last year. And Pacifica, well, they have some talented players, and they did score some tries in the second half to make the score look a little better, including a penalty try that this rugby reporter really disagreed with. And I try to stay away from commenting on officiating because... I think the officials have a very difficult job and generally do very well. But that was not the right call. Fortunately, it didn't matter. This game was out of reach, quite literally from the opening kick. And the full-time score was Pacifica 29, Chiefs 52. Next up, the Fijian Drua took on the Sydney Waratahs. And for the second week in a row, the Waratahs played in a game that was a lot more competitive than I thought it would be although this time I predicted that they would win. The Fijian Drua were impressive, and this game was a back-and-forth, very physical matchup well into the second half. But then the Waratahs, down 17-10, scored 36 unanswered points and put the game comfortably away. Full-time score, Drua 17, Waratahs 46. Sunday began with what I correctly predicted would be the game of the week as the Canberra Brumbies faced off against the Auckland Blues on a hot and sunny day in Melbourne. The last time these two teams played was in the semifinal round of last year's playoffs, a game that the Blues won by one point, and the Brumbies were anxious for payback. The first half was a high-scoring back-and-forth battle between two titanic teams in the league, and it was the Brumbies who went into the sheds with a 25-20 lead. And that, somewhat unbelievably, is also the way it ended. Seriously, after a scoring fest in the first half, no one scored in the second half. The Blues had several chances to take the lead, and they were driving for the win when time ran out. But the Brumbies' bend-but-don't-break defense stopped the Blues every time they needed to. The heat was definitely a factor, but it was the same heat for both teams. And in the end, the Brumbies avenged their semifinal playoff loss and came away 2-0. Full-time score, Brumbies 25, Blues 20. Finally this weekend, the Western Force took the field to battle the Queensland Reds. Despite a disallowed try in the first 30 seconds of the game, the Reds looked to be in control of this game from the start, although there were moments in the first half where the Force were clearly determined to make a game of it. And then, right before halftime, as the Reds were driving, they coughed up the ball on the try line. A Force player grabbed it and started to move away when he got clocked by one of his own men. The ball went flying, 
A Reds player downed it. It was a try for the Reds. And you kind of got the feeling right at that moment that perhaps some higher-powered rugby deity had weighed in on the preferred outcome of this game. How did the second half go? Well, remember that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation when Starfleet assembles their fleet at Wolf 359 to face off against the Borg? Yeah, well, it didn't go nearly that well for the Force. And yes, I realize I'm mixing metaphors by making a Star Trek reference and talking about the Force. The Reds simply unloaded on the Force in the second half, and the full-time score was an eye-popping Force 20, Reds, wait for it, 71. Yikes. Now, let's have a much better look at my predictions. After my disastrous start last week, my first losing record in more than two years, I came in this week at 5-1. Yay! This brings my season total to a far more respectable 7-5 and five, and leaves me feeling far better about my predictive abilities. Now, let's have a look at round three coming up. Round three begins with a battle between my two favorite teams, as the 2-0 Chiefs host the 0-2 Highlanders. These two teams have played some truly epic games against each other in recent years, but the Chiefs are rolling right now. And even though this game should feature the triumphant return of Aaron Smith, I just don't see the Highlanders winning this game on the road. The Chiefs will remain undefeated, and they will win this game. Next up, the Melbourne Rebels will host the Waratahs in a game that's a little harder to call than I thought it would be a few weeks ago. The Rebels are 0-2, But both of those losses were close, and they've been playing much better than I thought they would. On the other hand, the Waratahs are big, tough, and improving. Don't be surprised if this game is a nail-biter, but I'm going to go with the Taz here. Waratahs win. Fiji finally gets a home game next as the Drua host the Crusaders. The Drua are tough, aggressive, and opportunistic but the Crusaders are just too deep and too talented. Crusaders win. The next game is an all-Kiwi matchup and my pick for Game of the Week as the Wellington Hurricanes host the Auckland Blues. I think that this game is going to tell us a lot about where these two teams are going this year. Are the Blues on a fairly straight path to a championship run? Are the Hurricanes more than just bluster and ready to cause some real havoc in the standings? I don't know. But I think we're gonna when the full-time hooter sounds after this one. This game is also a Barrett-on-Barrett game, as the brothers and former Hurricanes teammates Bodie and Jordy Barrett face off against one another. Who's gonna win? To be honest, I won't be surprised either way. But even after their surprising loss to the Brumbies last weekend, I still think the Blues are just too deep and too talented to lose this one. Blues win. We'll hop back across the Tasman now and drive up to the Aussie capital where the Canberra Brumbies will host the Queensland Reds in a game that is loaded with subtext. These two teams have played some big games against each other, including the Australian Championship during the pandemic, and it's likely that this will be yet another epic battle in this rivalry. Who wins? The Reds are good, but I have to pick the Brumbies at home. Brumbies win. Finally, the Western Force return home to Perth to face Moana Pacifica in a game that might be a lot closer and a lot more interesting than some people think. 
This is also a tough game for me to call. On paper, the Force have a slight edge. But Moana is better than their record, and in my opinion, due for an upset. Will they get it here? They might. But I'm going to be a slave to my statistics this week, and I'm going to go with the numbers choice. Don't be surprised if this is another close one. But I think the Force will strike back after their crushing defeat in Melbourne, and the Force will win. Let's head over to Europe now. But before we check in with the URC, I want to again say a special hello and welcome to the hundreds and hundreds of new listeners and viewers in the UK that we picked up in the last week. Yes, thanks to analytics, I can see where you are. And I don't know whose list I got on to get your attention, but I am super pumped to have you with us. So let's talk about the URC. This weekend's URC action didn't change the postseason picture at all, but it did leave room for at least a little drama. This weekend started in Glasgow where the Warriors hosted Zebra, a team that came into the game with an 0-20 record against the Warriors. Zebra scored first and looked good in the opening minutes, but then Glasgow just shut the door on them and racked up 50 points. The full-time score was Glasgow 50, Zebra 8. Glasgow needed the win to stay in the fourth playoff spot because Munster, currently in fifth, hung on to beat the Scarlets 49-42. On Saturday, the second-place Stormers beat the seventh-seeded Sharks in a game that was frankly closer than I thought it was going to be. But if that game surprised me, I was flat-out shocked by the other All-South Africa match where the Joburg Lions shocked the Pretoria Bulls, and that result makes the table a little more interesting because now the Bulls are only two points ahead of the Sharks in the number six spot. Next up is a result which will annoy my youngest daughter, Skye, as Edinburgh fell to Leinster. Skye spent last summer working, living, and loving life in the Scottish capital, and thus supports all things Edinburgh. Benetton then beat the Ospreys by one point, but Connacht beat the Dragons by two, so Connacht holds on to that razor-thin one-point lead for the eighth and final playoff spot. And finally, my favorite team, the Cardiff Blues, who came into the weekend also neck and neck in the race for that final playoff spot, fell to Ulster, functionally, if not mathematically, ending their race for the postseason. But they're still in the driver's seat for the Welsh spot in the Heineken Cup, so at least there's that. The URC is going to go on spring break this week, but games will resume at the end of March, and of course, so will our coverage. Finally today, we'll finish in my neck of the woods as we check in on the MLR standings. This week, there are three games which are literally in progress right now as we're taping this show. So again, those results are not reflected in the standings here, but with that noted, the still undefeated Seattle Seawolves remain at the top of the table in the West, followed closely by Houston and San Diego, although those two teams are currently playing each other, so as they say, something's got to give there. Utah, Dallas, and Chicago round out the West. Then over on the East Coast, Atlanta has vaulted into first place, while the defending champion New York Ironworkers seem to be finding their footing and have moved up into second. D.C. and New England are right on their heels, while Toronto and somewhat shockingly New Orleans are on the bottom of the table and still looking for their first wins. And that, folks, is all there is for Season 2, Episode 3 of The Rugby Report. Until next time, remember, if your choice is between rugby or pizza, 
you're doing it wrong. It's rugby and pizza. See you next time. Bloopers. Count us down like a rugby game. Five, four, three. <laughs> three. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's put that as a blooper, shall we? All right. Let's just, just roll the tape. <laughs> Sunday. Be- <laughs> Before Sunday begins, Sunday needs tea. That's what Sunday needs. Sunday needs some tea. Ah, as I've said before, tea helps. (laughs) Let's take a drip, a drip of tea. We'll take a drip. Did I actually say drip? Okay, that's not really a blooper, but I mean, probably we'll stick it in there, right? All right. It's this side. Before we go, I want to make sure I've got the side right. It's this side. Okay. And if it's not, we'll just use the other take. (laughs) All right, here we go. The Rebels are 0-2, but both losses were close. And I need to swallow and start that again. And if if my internal organs could avoid making a sound like that again while I'm recording the show, thank you. The Drua are tough, aggressive, and opportunistic, but the true. Where the Canberra Brumbies will host the Queens. Finally, today, let's check in in my neck of the woods and the M. We're going to check. We're going to check finish? Are we going to check or. We're checking in or we're finishing? I I don't know. We're going to. I'll check in. I'll look. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) All right.